a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Hey everybody, what's happening? It's Mathis. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, presented by Alpine Stars and Maxis. Thank those companies, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. They make much more than moto gear, by the way. Have you seen all that stuff they make? Uh, yeah, mountain bikes, watercraft, uh, hard parts, uh, lots of things going on at Fly Racing these days. So please check them out on the web. We thank them for all that they do for us. And also, to Maxxis Tires, the MXST is coming out soon, I think next month. Developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath, Maxxis.com. Uh, whether you're uh, col- high quality tires for your car, light truck, trailer, ATV, mountain bike, much more. Also, to Alpine Stars, uh, you know that name, Tech 10, the benchmark boot in moto. I love the Tech 7s. No booty. Fit great. And also to the uh, underprotector that they make that a lot of riders who don't even sponsor by Alpine Stars, they run as well, the uh, A4 Chess Pro, over or under the jersey, whatever you want. A lot of racers wear it. Like I said, Alpine Stars protects. All right. Um, thanks to uh, Tag Metals for making these podcasts happen. They've relaunched, so please check them out uh, out there. And uh, Bob Hanna, Ryan Villapoto, a couple of legends of the sport. Uh, lots to talk about with Bob. Lots to talk about with RV. As usual, RV is in fine form, and, and so is Bob for that matter. All right. Please enjoy these two podcasts, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. All right, everybody. As promised, the hurricane... He's back on the show, the legend, always fun to talk to this guy, Bob Hanna. What's up, Bob? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I missed you at Hangtown, obviously. Yeah, too bad. I with Eddie, and he was wandering me around there, but I didn't get much out of the pits and uh, and down to a tent down there. Yeah, what? Up to, up to the booth. What do you what do you think of the races these days when you go? What 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 do you think about? What, what do you obviously we're on four strokes now. Things are different. Um, what's your? Some I don't of your have a lot of opinions. My two uh, probably the biggest opinion is that that track was uh, to me pretty bitching, a little bit too smooth for me, but pretty bitching. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched it on TV that night after the race. I saw a lot more of it on television, to be frank. Yep. And but so I could see the track and the off cameras and stuff like that. The track's pretty bitching, and a ride of 450 out there would be awesome. The uh, my big thought still about the 450. What I'm really opinionated is I think they ought to be yanked out of Supercross because I think all they do is kill riders. And outdoors, great bike. Indoor, it sucks. And I don't know why the factories don't get that. I just think they should get that. You're going to pay Roxon $5 million a year and then, and then actually just destroy them. Right. And uh, I don't dig that. I, I, I would just think they would figure that out because I think they're rudely mistaken what they're doing to the Supercross. I uh, I kind of agree it's with too you, dangerous. man. too yep. dangerous. You can't, you can't be any tougher or more dedicated or more talented than Roxon, and you see what it's doing to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, one bad, li- one little bitty mistake is a bad deal. It could ruin his career, you know. And why do you want to do that? I don't understand it. Outdoors, those bikes are badass. I'd love to ride one of those works bikes around that track. Love it. Yeah, but Supercross is—it blows me away that I—I I, I can't believe they don't get it. Or, or I'm way off. Yeah, no. But I wouldn't want to ride one in a Supercross, and I'd love to ride one outdoors. We just have we have no organization. We have promoters are felled. AMA is a shell of what they used to be. FIM is involved. The OEMs can't seem to get together. But I'm with you, Bob, and I said this on one of my shows. If I'm Mr. Honda, and I'm writing checks for Roxanne and Sealy, and they're not at the races, 
for a long time, both of them, I'm like saying, what is going on with the sport? Like, and why aren't they? Right, right. Like, have you have you seen? Uh, you're a lucky bugger if you can get through a Supercross season without getting hurt. Anderson was lucky; it was great. Yeah, but yep. I mean, will he get through the next race? Who knows? Yeah, it's uh, it does seem like an all timer. And you know, we had the 125 uh, race at Hangtown, and you know, you talk to RV and you talk to these guys, and they're like, "Yeah, you, look how slow we're going." And then when you fall off, you're not going that fast. And <laughs> and he's got a point. He's got a point. Uh, yeah. Like it, it's I don't know. I think they ought to have a uh, a two fifty stock class for the uh, kids at the yep. uh, Supercross for the guys just coming in, and I think they ought to have a, like a three hundred works class yeah. for the uh, big factory boys and leave it at that. And they'd yeah. slow them down a little bit. They'd be lighter. They wouldn't slam them as hard, and uh, and they'd have a little longevity to their careers. I yeah. I, I, I get so bummed when I see a guy like Roxon uh, get hurt like that. It's just, it's just sick. It's sick to me. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the sport suffers. I can't for it. imagine yeah. any of them getting through a season. I just, I just can't. Well, and if you're a promoter, you're not selling tickets because half don't the want field's them. hurt. I know the factory yep. doesn't want to pay five million dollars to Roxon. The promoter wants all the guys there at the yeah. last race. Right. Uh, it seems pretty plain. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know either. We need a czar of motocross. Do you want to do that? Can... Bebo is the czar of motocross. <laughs> yeah, true. That is true. Uh, well, Bebo, well, <laughs> he'd probably agree with me. I don't know that I had that conversation with him. He's not getting it done. We need a new one, I guess. But some. Somebody to be like, hey, can we do something here? Because, look, F1, MotoGP, they're the pinnacle of car racing and, and, and road racing. They have a lot of rules for what you can do and what you can't do the motors and machines. Yeah. Like, yeah. we don't. We really don't. We just have a CC limit. Other than that, you know, why, why don't we put a, an ignition on there that kind of slows things down? Why don't we put a, you know, a governor on them of some sort? Um, uh, they're a beast anyway. They weigh too much for Supercross anyway. Yeah, no, they the really bike are. Should be two hundred yep. pounds for Supercross, not not two forty. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's right. You're right. We, we, it sucks to see these guys get hurt, and and it doesn't seem like it's uh, anything. And when a guy is as good as Roxon gets hurt, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you who are you gonna blame? I'm blaming the bike. Yeah. Yep. Heavier. They follow you too a little bit. Um, oh yeah. Did you ever race at this Hangtown track, or was it always the old I one? Did. Yeah. From, okay. I, I raced the old one, seventy six, seventy seven, seventy eight, and seventy nine. We went here, and it's it's been a really just a modification of that track ever since. They have they've done mm-hmm. changes, but it's always been the same. Uh, you know, technically the same. But, yep. Uh, well, yeah, same place. It was hard pack back in the day. Really yeah, hard Yeah, they pack. put a lot of sand on it, which is really good because when they first went there, it sucked. <laughs> um, well, there's an infamous story of Bradshaw in the early 90s. Somebody from the track said, what can we do to, to improve this place? And he said, put a clothes sign on it. <laughs> I agree. But it's not anymore. I think it's no. pretty bitching now. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, it's got enough dirt to make ruts, and, it, and if it had been a little wetter, it would have been a little rougher, and it's got some it – really, it's a pretty nice track. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad, man. Uh, it's it's come a long way. And like you said, the, it's great viewing. You can watch the whole track, you know, from the one side. You can see them go up and down the hills for the most part. Yeah. So, um, and you know what? I like the fact they got rid of this. There was a fly 150 jump, and uh, barely anybody was jumping it, and – we don't need that. They put an uphill whoop section that was pretty rad. That was good. So yeah, I don't think any. I don't think anybody uh, complained. I liked it. Yeah. Hey, when you meet old racers, when Eddie takes you around, or, or riders now, I should say, um, do they? I mean, look, it's it's we're getting old, Bob. Uh, you know, and it, these these times are passing us by. Like it seems like to me, like McGrath was just racing, but it was actually a long time ago. Um, how are the old? How are the current racers with you when you meet them? When you talk to them, how are they? Oh, they're plenty nice, but you need to understand your irrelevant is the word. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's a little well, hard. No, oh, absolutely <laughs> irrelevant. And I, I even think about it while I'm talking to them. Do you? Uh, yeah. For example, I did on. I didn't think about it when I saw Villapoto this weekend because I talked to him a little bit right after his race, and we were Eddie was talking to him, and mm-hmm. I didn't think about it there. But then Cole Seeley walks up. Yeah. And Cole knows me, and then I was talking to him, and he's talking to Eddie, and I could tell that it was like, uh, you know, hey, hey, how you doing, Bob? Yeah, good. But I really wasn't there, and yeah, yeah, and I really wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's sad. It's, and that, no, yeah. and then I don't, you know, I don't think it's sad. I okay. don't think it's sad. I think it is just life. And yeah, yeah. I don't think it's any difference from when I was a young kid. I don't think it's any different. You can't blame. Anybody for that? Yeah, you get your time. Every dog has his day. Right. The only thing that I would argue with these guys about, 
the only thing. They're good, sure. Mm-hmm. Their bikes are good, sure. Put, uh, I don't care, any of them. Put Villapoto or put uh, Roxon mm-hmm. up against Roger in his day on the same bike. Uh, I just hate to tell them, but they're not any better than Roger was. And as long as they understand that, then I'm good to go. When they don't understand that, then I know they're full of shit. <laughs> I'm with you. You can't compare eras. You and, and Roger. Absolutely you know, not. Yeah. Heike Mikkel and Roger DeCoster were something I don't want to see on a, on a Sunday in a 45-minute GP racetrack. I, I don't want to even be there. I don't, want, I don't want to be in that race because I know how tough they are. Yeah. Yeah, it's and people uh, would be asking me why did I get an ass whipping? Well, I don't know about that. I don't know if anybody would be asking you that. You know, but. I've raced those guys and I know how tough they were. Right. Um, and bikes are great now, and and riders are great. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think they're any greater than Roger DeCosta was in his day. You know. Yeah, it's. But uh, we are irrelevant. Uh, now Roger's not irrelevant, and he never was to me. And he's not today. You know, I ate with him on uh, Friday night for the race, and, and I saw him at the restaurant. I should say we missed each other by a few minutes, but mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't get to eat with him. But I, I did talk to him when he was done, and I was eating. But yeah. uh, he is not irrelevant, and but I think, and he never was when I was young. He's far from irrelevant, but I do see that some of the old riders would have been irrelevant to me when I was a kid. I just would have said, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I whatever. Good. Yeah, I got to right. get back to my life. And, and so I don't, I well, don't blame anybody Well, yeah, I mean, so you're coming up on 25s. Marty Smith's the guy. You're probably like, get out of the way, old man. No, no. No? no? Okay. Was, All right. I, I was actually older than Marty by a month or so, and that, that would have been a different story. It would have been more like me and Pierre Carsmaker. Maybe, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, Cars, yeah. Um, and uh, not the guys that were right in the – not anybody that was racing with me, but I'm I'm looking at this more like somebody that's retired for 10 years if he'd have came to the track, and i go, oh, okay, yeah, 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 i got to yeah. get back after you. <laughs> so I don't blame him. Yeah. That's just the way life is. It is. It is. It's. I don't like it because I really, really revere the old racers old and the old irrelevant guys. Anyway. I, I, I really <laughs> I realized in a, a clothing store about a year ago, uh-huh. I was talking to a gal in there about some pants and stuff, and I realized, I lo- staring at her, realizing that I was irrelevant then. I'm not even in the world. <laughs> it's like, why don't you old guys just go croak? And, and you'd be like, listen, if I could tell you the things that I've done and seen and, and had the experience of, you would be amazed oh but but yeah uh, you know it is go die somewhere old man that's all i give it <laughs> what what do you and roger DeCoster talk about like look uh, i've been around a lot of legends in the sport and and it's funny how none of you guys quote unquote you don't want to you know talk about this and that and, and and these great racers i mean these are things you talk to fans about but what let us in on what you and the coster would talk about well, at, at this point, yep. at that, that day, because I was there, uh, because we were at the race, we were basically talking about that race and and prior uh, uh, Moosecan, and uh, and uh, I did bring up Moosecan. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, Tickle? Tickle thing? And, or no, 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 not Tickle, but Moosecan and, uh, and uh, Eli, mm-hmm. and Eli getting run into. Yeah. You. Because I'm an Eli fan. Yep. But they asked me, would you have done that to Eli? And I said, in a, in a New York second. <laughs> of course. I, I wouldn't ram him in that case, but if I've led the whole race and you pass me for whatever reason and you leave the door open, I'm, I would have taken that in one second. For, mm-hmm. for John Tomac and Eli to be pissed off about that, they're out of line. And they should get tougher. And they're buddies of mine. I like them. Yeah. But in that single moment i think he's wrong and he should have got back on it and taken the next open door but don't leave the door open on the last lap in a hundred thousand dollar race don't do that so that's what you yeah. talked about so that's what you talked about you said you you, you, you do the same thing i would do the same thing yep. yeah, and i told him i brought some crying towels for eli <laughs> if he if he needed them that day and he started laughing and and uh told the mechanic that <laughs> yeah no listen uh we talked about I that mean, a lot i'm, I'm straight to the point uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Eli, and uh, but I say in that he shouldn't have left the door open, and I don't consider that a ram job. I consider that moving your ass out of the way. <laughs> I don't know about leaving the door open, Bob. He went in the lowest rut, but but I <laughs> but I do. Somebody asked me if they do. Was he in the lowest rut? He he was. He was. He was. He was. But listen, well, was there two inches? <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, he was in the lowest rut. 
But I, I absolutely agree. There's nothing you can do as a, you can't find him. You can't take that win away. Marv yeah. just has to know the next time Eli has a chance, he will do it to him. Right? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's how it works. So. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Payback will be. Mm-hmm. It'll take care of itself. Out yeah. There. Yeah. I just people want. If I was Marvin, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, leave any <laughs> no. uh, inches in uh, enough for a set of forks to come under the next. Uh, no. Race. No, and 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 like, and I know you would do the same thing. And I talked to a lot of X racers that said they would, they would do it for the win of a Supercross, also. So, oh, yeah. you know, I just people wanted the win taken away. They wanted Marvin uh, nah. strung up, and you know, no, yeah, they want to string him up. Yeah, yeah, no, for <laughs> sure, absolutely. No uh, way. Um, hey, so we at Racer X did our we updated our list of the greatest motocrossers of all time. I was in on the conference call, and we were talking about. The different guys and, and Dungey and uh, and and Villapoto were ones that we hadn't done, so they moved up. And Jeremy Martin entered the list, and Eli Tomac entered the list, and and you're still you're you stayed number two behind RC. Do you even care about that stuff? Does it matter to you? You're the number two ranked motocrosser of all time. All, only enough to laugh. Only enough to jack with people about it. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. Only <laughs> enough to say I got beat by a midget. How the hell it happened? You know? <laughs> but you're you're okay with RC being ahead of you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I think we did a good job with the list. You know, um, I mean, it's it's just bench racing, you know. But I mean, it's still yeah. gonna be kind of cool for you to to be on it, and you know. Yeah, I think it's funny. I think it's uh, I think it's neat. Whether I deserve to be there or not, I don't know. And it's, if I get there, that's great. It doesn't really mean. Yeah, if you're asking me if it means anything to me, no. Yeah. Only other than I. I can rub somebody with it a little bit if, for the right guy, you know. If you, uh, uh, you know, I'd rub Roger if he was in the list because uh, that's just the way I jack around with Roger, you know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think it's. Uh, I think it's. I think it's important in, as a journalist in the sport, and I use the term journalist loosely when it comes to me. But uh, I think it's important to, to, you know, do these kinds of lists once in a while and let people know. You know, hey, there was motocross before McGrath, and you know, or Ricky, or whatever, whatever age yeah. you are, you know. Um, yeah. So I always think it's important to kind of do this kind of stuff and show people, hey, man, you know, like Bob Hannon. They're going to do it. They had to do a uh, uh, a world rider one, you know. Yeah, yeah, probably right. Get a little I mean, harder because that's even further back, maybe. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, hey, a couple of things. Um, obviously, one of the reasons we're doing this is our buddy Eddie Cole, TagMetalsRacing dot com. You are announced as the technical advisor for Tag. Tag is back. Uh, so uh, Eddie, uh, which is funny do you that know the hi- do you know the history on that? Well, uh, y- yeah, because he had Answer well, Products. Tag sold out uh, when Eddie sold. Well, obviously Eddie sold Answer Products. He he started Answer Products mm-hmm. and sold out. Then he started Six Six One, and kind of was a Six Six One Sunline, and then uh, and he added. Uh, I think they added Tag in about '08. Uh, but th- then they sold out. Eddie sold that company in 2010. Or, as a matter of fact, they sold it in 2008. And he hung around and they mm-hmm. ran it till 2010, right? Yep. But you know, by three or four years from then, Tag was had basically disappeared. So Eddie's group bought it back and added it to their current list of companies. You know, Matrix, uh, Atlas Brace, mm-hmm. Tag Metals now. Uh, they've got next components. I'm sure you're up on, and and then Royal Mountain Bike Apparel and Seven Mountain Bike Apparel. So they he'll he'll probably acquire a couple more companies, and somebody will offer him a, a large amount of money, and then he'll sell out and start a new company. I don't know how many more years he can do this. When he's about 90, he'll probably quit. Yeah, exactly right, Eddie. Take it easy, right? Um, but Eddie drags me around, and he's dragging Villapoto around. Uh, Villapoto helps him a lot. I know. Mm-hmm. I don't get involved much with Villapoto and and what he's doing there. But for example, Eddie went and called me the other day and wanted me to go to Italy, and I told him to pack sand, <laughs> and he's taking uh, Ryan. So okay. Ryan obviously doesn't have a problem going over there right now. If my plane won't go to Italy, I'm not going. You know. Yeah. Um, I'll run out of gas quite a ways before Hawaii. So I, I think it's uh, I think it's funny that back in whatever year that was. Eddie told me the story. I mean, you were really responsible for, you used his handlebars, his answer racing handlebars. I started it all, and then he started making swing arms and all sorts of stuff. Right, and here you are back with Eddie in 2018 with handlebars. Ask Eddie, exactly, he's making uh, numerous numerous handlebars. Now, uh, ask Eddie how he used to pay me for the handlebars, and if he ever, ever really did. You know, he said, oh, yeah, I'll pay you when you come by, I'll give you some money. And I'd come by and get some money, and there wasn't any money. <laughs> and I'm... then I'd come by another time, and there were $20. So 
Then he'd make me buy somebody lunch with the $20 <laughs> that I the, got from himself. So, there goes the $20. I've been searching the mailbox for a check. I hope Villa, I hope he's got Villa Poto's address, but he's obviously forgot my address. <laughs> I'm sure he'll love this thing of this. I'm going to call Cameron. Cameron yep. usually takes care of the finances, and maybe I can get a check out of him. Yeah, and be like, listen, I sold a lot of bars for you, Eddie, back in the day. Um, but it was cool. I mean, you started it, you know, you really helped him out. And uh, But what was the deal with his handlebars? What were, what were so good about them? Oh, same as the throw taper now. I mean, just they were a little innovative in their mm-hmm. day. And and uh, in those days, obviously, what I what I used, everybody wanted, you know. At that yeah, time. yeah. So oh, yeah. It worked out good then. Dude, lightning bolt. I don't know how much I help him now. More, I help him more now on, on something like at Anaheim. He would... Uh, He's highly involved in philanthropist stuff in California, and they got a children's hospital down there, and he goes to the auctions. Well, he auctions me off to the crowd to hang out with me, <laughs> to somebody to go with me to Anaheim and hang out, meet people, and get introduced by me to the their heroes and stuff. So he gets eight or ten grand for that. And oh, nice. That's more what he uses for me now, you know, and, and, and hang around with him at the races to talk to old guys or, or – uh, or distributors or whatever. Yeah. That's what yeah, yeah. Ryan's going to Italy for, is to talk to a new distributor over there right. that's going to take on uh, Matrix and all his companies. Um, yeah, how is that when you got to hang out with it? How, when you're a prize at an auction, how is that, Bob? You enjoy that? Uh, I don't mind. <laughs> oh, you're all right? Not for him. I don't want to do it every day. Right, right. Um, you know, it's hard to tell Eddie no if you know him very well. Mm-hmm. There's not a there's no better guy in the industry, you know. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy for sure. Tag. Yeah. TagMetalsRacing.com, please uh, check it out. How's the uh, bicycling going? How's that happening? It's good. You I've ju- been down in California the last three weeks riding some uh, uh, nice loops I have down there, and I actually, the tour to California rode about 20 miles on one of my 50-mile loops down there uh, last Friday, right before the race. I went down and did 50 uh, the day before the race and, and uh, followed that along on, on when they were on my loop, you know? Uh-huh. So if someone told you you had to give up bicycle riding or flying, what would it be? You know, I said about 10 years ago, I said bicycle, I would give up the flying. I actually said that, but yeah. no, I'd have, to give, I'd have to give up the bicycle riding because I, I fly too much. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, obviously, that's what we do. So Yeah, for a living, that's basically what yeah, you do, I'd right? Yeah, I'd give up bicycle <laughs> riding. You know, I, you know, when I gave up running, I probably had to quit running about... 12 years ago or something mm-hmm. it, it killed me for a while you know yeah yeah and uh but now shoot i, I i've been riding like just I'll, I'll have four days straight in here this week you know right now and yeah, i have a big one on sunday so tomorrow i'm not riding because we're flying we're just going to back country to screw around but otherwise i'd be riding tomorrow also are you on strava bob no no too bad i like to follow hurricane on strava and nobody what... nobody knows where i am up here anyway <laughs> You know the uh, the only hey, thing is Strava, uh, Strava the uh, Groundhog Strava up here. That's it. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, how's the airplane business going? How is that work out, working out? How's the, right. the economy's okay? It's it's doing okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like uh, you know the guys I, that buy airplanes aren't poor. Exactly. I was going to say I feel like Doesn't there's no matter. dips. Right. We had some of the. We actually had our best year probably in uh, 08 when everything took a dive. Really, huh? Yeah. Believe it or not, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a lot odd. of guys were selling stuff, and the rich guys are buying stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like although that. they did think they could steal it in those days, but we <laughs> yeah. just had to we just had to uh, convince them that they were wrong. Been a while since you rode a motorcycle, huh? A dirt bike? Yeah, occasionally I get on one and ride and, and, uh, uh, in uh, Cameron Park down in California or here. You know what it would be fun to do is is get you back out to Bean Canyon, your your and all of those your old desert places that I've heard yeah. about. I've heard. I just don't get down in Bean Canyon much, but uh, yeah, I go through there because I have a business partner there, uh, Bruce Lockwood, a friend okay. of mine. His boy races uh, bicycles and uh, in Tehachapi. It's just on the back side of Bean Canyon in the town of Tehachapi. And uh, man, it'd be fun to go dirt bike riding with you. Just, right after a rain. Too. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great, man. It's, Have you been out there? Uh, years ago, I went out there with uh, the FMF guys. Uh, oh, yeah. Like late 90s, early 2000s or something, somewhere around there. It was great. It was fun. You know that place, the history of that place was all, there were no motorcycles out there in the 50s. My uncle bought his place there in about 50, 
55. Okay. 1955. He bought an acre there. My dad, and he started riding in those hills, and all there were were wild horses in those hills. And so they started riding the wild horse trails. And one of them was named, one of them that's still there is called the Wild Horse Trail. Nowadays, guys wouldn't know that anymore, yeah. but we we all knew it. And then there's a the goat trail and then the horse trail, but the goat trail was actually a ho- horse trail, but it, that way it went around the side of the hill was like a goat, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all there, was, all there was was wild horses up there. And even when I quit riding out there a lot, when I was, oh, I quit riding out there most of the time in about, oh, we rode out there till 2000 a lot because I kept a bike in Mojave. Oh, you did? Okay. And, yeah. yeah, we rode our, we had Husabergs and Yamahas and all sorts of crap, uh, Yamaha 450s at the end in 2000. We ride right out of the Mojave Airport because I was flying fighters out of there. And uh, we ride up in all those windmills over there at the far, oh, 10 miles east of Bean Canyon a lot uh, where nobody rides in there, but we had trails cut through there, and we could ride all that area. Oh, wow. Can you can't even imagine in the early 60s what that area looked like, right? Like, just had to be nothing out there. Just Nothing. Yeah, just absolutely nothing. And no, But it never, it never changed a great deal, you know. Uh, by by uh, shoot, in the 70s, it didn't change a lot from the 70s to the 90s. You just a few people found out about mm-hmm. it, but yeah, uh, I used to take all sorts of people there, obviously, because <laughs> I started taking them there. <laughs> and then no one could hang with your, your, your. I heard your tracks were like kind of single trail and up through the hills and whooped oh, out and good tracks. Here, <laughs> yeah. sure. Everyone They're was still like, there. There's a few yeah. guys that still get out there and ride those. Um, hey, so ba- my buddy Ryan von Losberg's boy rides out there. Uh, Greg von Losberg is a good friend of mine and one of my best friends, and and his boy started riding in those hills, and now his boy. Uh, Deegan von Lausberg's riding Supercross. He was yeah. national. I've, I've that, heard the name. That's my friend's grandson. Oh, cool! Oh, awesome! Yeah, he's riding your tracks. Imagine that. And they learned how to ride. He learned how to ride out there. You know, when he was five. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hey, let's go back to flying for a second before we wrap it up here. Uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars with uh, Hurricane Hannah. Uh, before we wrap it up, I want to talk a little more about flying. Uh, you ever? Um, and, and you ever like? You ever think about what goes if something goes wrong up there? Like, how do you? Is it just a simple process of making your checks before you take off and making sure the maintenance is fine and all that? Like, it kind of freaks me out, Bob. <laughs> you do want to. Uh, you do want to make sure the maintenance is good, and we, you know, there's only one way to maintain an airplane is is a perfect way, it's as good as you can do it. But people do make mistakes, you know. I had yeah. a guy, I had a very good maintenance shop leave an oil line. We had all the oil lines changed on a plane, and I had them leave one uh, loose. They just screwed up about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, obviously, the, the with the racer I flew out, that piece of shit would break every day you know it would try to kill me every day we flew it so i i knew that it was going to try to kill me so i was aware of that but uh-huh. flying to most of the planes we have we don't have a great deal of problem with them uh it's that one time you do if it catches you in a bad spot you know we fly yeah. a lot of a lot of shit spots up here the bush planes and so it would not be a good day to have a problem i, I just i I'm, i mean i fly you know i've been going to races for 25 years and I'm a good flyer, but you give me some some turbulence on takeoff still, and I get a little. I grab the armrest, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It just would seem. I don't. don't I, I I don't get much rough stuff. Believe it or not, as many hours as I fly a year, I fly a couple of days a week. And well, we don't fly the bush planes when it's that rough anyway. Like tomorrow morning, we're off at seven. Yep. And and the weather's supposed to be a little funky tomorrow, thunderstorm stuff. So we'll probably be back on the ground at noon. We're going into back country, have breakfast, goof around in the in the Sawtooth Mountains and stuff. But okay. we'll be back. And in my plane, I I very seldom my traveling plane have a rough ride because I just go higher until it quits until it mellows out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And if it takes twenty five thousand feet, I go to twenty five thousand feet. Right. But some guy, you were talking about maintenance. I, I had a customer here last week, and he was bitching about taking his airplane to a place in California, in Sacramento, where I where I maintain my personal okay. personal travel plane. I maintain it in Sacramento, and they go, "You got a shop here?" Mm-hmm. I go, "Yeah." Yep. And you got lots of mechanics around here. I go, "Yeah." And they go, "You know, you." You said something about Woodland. Well, I took my plane there, and I kind of got pissed off at them because they were nitpicking the plane, and they were making me change stuff <laughs> that I didn't think would need to be changed. And I go, well, it's funny you say that because I take my plane there. I fly there two and a half, oh, two hours each way. Mm-hmm. 
exactly the opposite of your mentality. <laughs> I want, I want to them. find yeah. every detail on that plane. Yeah. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, okay, well, I get that. I go, I fly that thing 25,000 feet in bad weather over hostile terrain. Yeah. I go, I do not want to think that I cut corners. No, no absolutely I don't care not. what it costs. Right, right. I want that thing fixed as good as humanly possible, no corners cut. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like he's a rich guy and he's wanting to cut corners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just and like, I, go, I don't cut corners on everybody. <laughs> yes, at all. No. Cut corners on like lawn care or something. You know, cut corners on. Exactly. Yeah. When we were racing at 51 one time, they cut a corner on a on a 12 or $13 oil line. Yeah. And it cost them $350,000 in the end. Wow, really? I wrecked yeah. an entire engine and a propeller because the oil line came off at power. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. I just I get a little. I get and it could have croaked at the same time over a $12 line. I mean, you can't, you can't maintain uh, airplanes like they're your car. Have you ever been uh, in a fighter jet? Sure. Yeah. What's that like? F-18s I flew. Yeah. I got to fly an F-18 for an hour, and uh, I've flown MiG-15s and some uh, like L-39s. And, okay. Uh, F-18 history. is the only one, only thing I understand here, Bob, in this conversation. But, um, What's that? F-18 was the only thing I understood. Like, I don't oh, know what okay. those numbers MiG-15 mean. MiG-15 is more of a Korean War jet. And uh, the the F-18, I did a safety talk for the Marines and got to fly the F-18 uh, Blue Angel number 7. Wow. Um, which is uh, is which is the easiest jet in the world to fly. <laughs> Why it's, is uh, that? Big power, big okay. power, easy to fly, docile. Yeah. And uh, is it, for layman's terms, for you to how to explain it, I'd yeah. say you're on a 20-foot dart. You're sitting on the a 20-foot dart, and you have a stick and a throttle, and you point it anywhere you want to go and push the throttle at whatever speed you want, and it yeah, goes. and it goes. You <laughs> want to go straight up? Go straight up. Um, what's that like flying one of those? What's it? Is it just, I mean, is it just amazing? It's a kick in the ass, but the Mustangs are way more fun for me and oh, really? way more difficult. Oh, yeah, way yeah, more difficult. Because they're more old school, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. way more difficult. So You actually have to fly one. Right, so I was going to say, so it almost takes more skill and everything, right? It's it just, takes yeah. way more. Boy, I, can you imagine? Like I heard those uh, the fighter jets, like they take off for the Supercross. Uh, they're in um, maybe they're in uh, off of uh, down in San Diego, whatever that is. Uh, Edwards? No, not Miramar. 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 Yeah, I heard they're in Miramar, and then they're in Vegas. In like they got to give them like a seven minute warning or something, or a seven minute window before they're there. Like I don't know. I heard something silly like that. It's just just insane. Uh, oh, seven. Oh. What are you saying? Like to Who's get to Vegas place? from wherever they are. Like they're they're oh. they're far away, and they can just they need like seven minute notice before they fly over the stadium. Something. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, heck yeah, they're fast. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like just insane, right? So uh, I can only imagine what it's like to behind have a stick in front of you and they burn a little gas. When I was <laughs> in that, uh, I had about I don't know hour fifteen minutes of fuel in that thing if I managed it correctly. Mm-hmm. If I didn't go too crazy. Yeah. And I wasn't using an afterburner, you know. Yeah. So I'm probably uh I'm thirty minutes into the flight and I've got uh you know, maybe forty minutes of fuel left, I'm thinking if I remember correctly. Yeah. And I can run it out, you know, and I say you can run it all the fuel, do whatever you want. He goes, You want to try the afterburner for laughs? And I go, Yeah. <laughs> so I push it into afterburner and then it's got a digital fuel flow in there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And the fuel flow went to like forty three thousand gallons an hour or something and it gave me about three and four minutes i was empty if i left it there yeah, i would have been empty in four minutes wow Jeez. <laughs> so you don't want to leave it in burner long unless you got a tanker hanging around you know yeah 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 so that's more but like it does it, haul ass. in a in a fighting in a fighting situation you're pulling that to to get the hell out of there or whatever you're, or get in there get or, in or there get yeah. over there and get fueled up and then get in or whatever yeah get yeah the hell yeah. out of dodge you know damn that'd be uh that'd be something else man like i said i'm not a great flyer even though I've been doing it for so long, but it really interests me to to learn the dynamics of that. And you need to fly in a, a little one with me. Sometime. No, 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 no. You offered that to me once. I, I know you chickened out and ran like a little baby. <laughs> because I heard about your flights. I heard about your flying. Your flights. I wasn't going to thrash you. And uh, believe me, if I if I can't at seven thirty seven and some turbulence, I, I think I would struggle with you. On a smooth day in a bush plane, you'd love it. Really? Oh, Landing on hillsides and and river bottoms. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a oh. different. It's like a dune buggy. We play like dune buggies we take tomorrow we'll have six airplanes in the air yeah 
and we are out playing like guys would on razors, you know, landing on hillsides and goofing off just like that. Really, huh? Seven guys out with Harleys. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. different deal. Wow, that's crazy to me. Um, the tires are 31 inches tall, and, mm-hmm. and you can put them, uh, you know, a short spot on the side of a 180-foot hillside, you know. You can just put it down, just go down. Yeah, on wow. a 45-degree angle, okay? Wow, jeez. So. Yeah, that's crazy. You, you're right. Look at it that way. Uh, well, hey, Bob, thanks for your time. Uh, always great to uh, to talk to you um, and uh, and get your thoughts on racing and, and everything else. And uh, I agree with you on the 450s. That that is, I hope somebody in power looks around and is like, hey, we need to do something here. But, I think for the longevity of the riders, I mean, we only have so many good riders, right? Yeah. Why? Why do you? Uh, it's dangerous enough. Why do you want to hurt them? Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I think they're promoting. Uh, Promoting it, hurting them myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that hope they. How do you out ride something. one in a? How do you ride a four fifty in a supercross? I mean, it's, there's four guys or five guys that can really do it. The rest of the guys are on the ragged edge, and the five guys that can really do it take one mistake and they're out for a year. Yep, they were doing. Uh, well, Seeley got hurt on a ninety foot quad. You know that they were yeah. jumping, and it's just like, eh, I like it. It's cool, but we don't need that. You know, nope. so. Um, and, and, the, and the track designers didn't mean it. The bike was just so good that these racers looked at, you know, sure. these jumps and went, hey, I can do that. You yeah, know, the they, bikes are uh, too powerful. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Who would ever thought we'd say that back in the day, right? Like, Yeah. Um, well, cool, Bob. Thank you again. Uh, please, uh, tagmetalsracing.com. It's launched again. RV uses this stuff. Bob would use it if he raced dirt bikes again. And, uh, yeah, everyone should check it out. Thanks, Bob. See you later. Race tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex 18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializing in high performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. All right, now, as promised on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Maxxis and Alpine Stars, it's your 125 Dream Race runner-up. AMA Supercross and Motocross Champion, Ryan Villapoto. What's up, RV? How's it going, Steve? How was the 125 race for you? Second place. Now, to be fair, you told me in the morning, you're like, hey, this Aiden Tejero kid, he's pretty good. So uh, you ended up getting second. What would you think of the whole deal? I thought it was, I thought it was fun. It was rad. Um, uh, yeah, no, just got, you know, didn't get the best start, but you know, even even if I would have started with him, I don't know if I could have beat him. So um, he was on it. But no, the race itself was fun. Uh, it was just real mellow, you know, no pressure, no, you know, just 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 good old fun out there riding a 125. So uh, maybe you'll see me out there again this year. Really, huh? You might do it. Might do another one. Yeah, I don't know which one, you know, but uh, I know there's a few. Washougal's obviously one that's somewhat close. Um, I don't know if I'm if I'll be recovered enough to do Colorado. Uh, you know, five laps was five laps was you know took took a toll on the old body. <laughs> How much time did you have on the 125 before you raced it? Did you get a lot of time on it or? I only rode it one time to break it in, and I, I only rode twice this month. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching some helmet cams of it, and, boy, they look slow compared to our bikes now, the four-strokes, right? Did you? Did, were you surprised we at that? <laughs> we, we would have a full roster of riders. We wouldn't have any injuries. You, know, you can't say we wouldn't have any, but yeah. we would have 99% of our riders on the line if we were racing two-strokes. Yeah. Or 25. Yeah, you're just not going that fast. You're just not going that fast. 
it's it is speed is the killer, right? Yeah. Anytime you hit the ground going 20 miles an hour, or hit it going 40 miles. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Did you uh, did you have fun? Did you enjoy it? Like, were or were you arms pumped up, hands hands pumped up, and all that? I I didn't get I didn't get arm pumped uh, really this time because I think the adrenaline helped that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was for sure out of breath. <laughs> I was out of breath. I I had to make some quick moves early on to get up front. I uh, I I. I uh, Will in front of me, I think Will was third. Yeah. Coming down the hill after the step up, and, and I had to make quick work of Will, so I blasted down the inside of the hill and uh, and scared Will. I seen I see, I see he got scared, and then <laughs> ran up the inside of him and, and got, you know, passed him. So yeah. then I went to second. And that, so that sprint kind of. You know, and then all of a sudden I turned around. I was like, I was like, shit, it's Will again. Like, <laughs> so he, he, he made a run on me again to pass me, but I was right. able to. Uh, I was able to, to um, you know, keep him from passing me. Yeah. I heard you got your own bay down at Pro Circuit now. That's where you were prepping the bike. Throttle was there. You got a whole, your whole little yeah, t- team, out, team going. Out, yeah, out, out, yeah, just outside of where the race team is. I have my own <laughs> workshop. Mitch, uh, Mitch gave me my own bay. and <laughs> got air plumb to it. Like, you know, got all, the whole nine yards. Whatever yeah. I need, I have. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, hey, before the day started, you said you thought there was a lot of 150s out there. And uh, a few people did have them. They admitted it. Did you think there was more than you thought? Did it seem like it in practice or that there was more 150s? Oh, I have no, I have no idea. I believe Aiden was on a 125. Yeah. Um, not that that, like I said, not that yeah, yeah. that would have changed it. But um, Sleater told me straight up, he goes, I'm on a 150, you know. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I know Ping was on one, uh, which actually worked into my benefit, I think, because I was able to follow him. Um, into the first turn there to watch my helmet cam. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of tucked in behind him, right? So it's like perfect. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was, it was, I don't, for sure the 150 I think makes a difference. Um, but you also have to put it on guys like myself. You have a bunch of guys on 150s like myself, then it makes a difference. But if you put it yeah. on somebody that's three seconds a lap slower already, yeah. Um, makes up maybe half a second, right? Yeah. So the, um, doesn't really matter. Boy, you got to work on those 125s, huh? Like you're just shifting, just up and down, up down, up down, up down. <laughs> yeah, you know the shifting part isn't the biggest deal. It's uh, as bad as just trying to keep the thing in, on the RPMs. Like you know, you, you're you're nonstop. You're you're like you said, shifting, but like. It's just your brain's always say, okay, I, I better shift down so it doesn't bog. Or yeah, I better yeah. shift it. You know, shifting up is one thing. Like, cause at least it doesn't bog when, you know, when you're revved out. But right. the biggest thing is, is if that thing falls off the off the curve of the power band, like, right away. So you better be <laughs> ready to shift down at any point in time. Yeah. You know, I didn't really want to bring this up, but you your last GP race, you know, you looped out and got hurt. You lost the stank dog at the Red Bull Straight Rhythm, and now you got second in this race, RV. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there, uh, bro. What, yeah, what, what, what are you saying, though? <laughs> I mean, we got to get back on top of the podium real soon. Okay. Uh, all, right, all right. Well, if you, if you don't recall, I didn't lose to stank dog. Like, I got he got first, I got second. I got, like, fourth that night. So right. now I moved up to second, so we're on our way <laughs> okay. up the ladder. All right. Um, you know what, though? In all seriousness, we I was talking to another person, uh, an industry guy this weekend, and we both said, like, it's cool to see you out here. You did the snow bike thing. You did straight rhythm. You did this race. And you don't really care that you lost. I'm giving you shit. And a lot of guys' egos wouldn't handle it. We both thought it was cool that you're out there to just race and have fun. And you, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but you do not care you didn't win at any of this stuff. I mean, I would have liked to win, yes. <laughs> and it looks better if I win, yes. But here's the deal. All, anybody that I line up to at this point hasn't done what I've done in my career. So no, no. I'm retired. I'm retired, like you say. I'm the richest man alive, richer than Donald Trump. You are. You you're you're so rich. It's ridiculous. Uh, um, that's what you say. I'm not saying it. You right, say that. Right, right, right. But I'm just saying. So, so you know, yeah, I would for sure. I'd like to win, but if I don't, 
um, they have a long ways to go to accomplish what I have in my career, and yeah. I'm okay with it. I, I, I don't bride it. If I put in, I, I work my ass off to do that and to race and go to go out there and went, okay, then we'd have it, then I, it'd be a different, so, different story. I wrote yeah. twice this month. Yeah. So to expect to win is, is, uh, is foolish on my part. I, I get it, and I and I know you're talking, but I, and I'm not bagging on the guys like Ricky and Dunge, and other guys that have retired. And, I, and they, I think you are. I'm, I think you're bagging on them. No, I'm saying I don't know. Like some guys' egos, you're I don't. Them out. Oh, forget it. <laughs> I'm just saying some guys' <laughs> egos wouldn't wouldn't handle it. And I like that you're just like screw it. Like you have your legacy, you have your wins, and you have so much money. It's ridiculous, and you. <laughs> And you don't care. I like that. And this and this person, I think egos keep some of these guys from racing again. You know what I mean? That's it. That's all. That's what I meant to say. Some of these guys. I, I, no, no, for sure, for sure. Like, like, no, for sure. I think it does. It does for sure. Yeah, um, they just they don't want to get beat and and whatever. You know. And you're just like, hey, check the scoreboard, check the records. I don't really care. This stank dog beat me. You seem to have a hell of a hell of a lot of fun at Red Bull Straight Rhythm. No, and it. Red Bull, Red Bull Street Rhythm was actually a bratty event. Right. I was, I was, I was on the fence about doing it. Just like anything, I'm always on the fence about racing anything. But <laughs> yes, I, I, yes. If I commit to doing it, then it ends up being fun. Right. Um, they put on a good deal there, and it was, it was, quite, it was super mellow. Um, it is supercross, though. Like uh, it is. I mean, other than the turns, fuck, there was guys jumping quads and triples and. And uh, I never even came close to hitting the quad, but I'm just saying, yeah. it's uh, it, it, you know, it's it, it's a cool event and, and you know it's fun. Um, and again, you just got on the cover of the new Transworld magazine. Like you're still relevant enough to pull a cover, bro. You know, I mean that's cool. Uh, that's not been my first one, Steve. I've had since I've been retired. I think I've had three or four. Yeah, three. I'm just saying, it's still you're still relevant, still making things happen. I like that. Um, That's what I'm trying to do, you know, just trying to uh, just trying to put food on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope you can figure it out, bro. I hope you put it together and figure it out. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, there was a lot of debate in some group text that I was on. Um, I don't even know if you saw this, but Racer X did a greatest motocrossers of all time, and we updated the list. We've done it a few years ago. We updated it, and you're number seven. Right behind Stu, Dunge is number four, and there were some people that were very upset because you beat Ryan Dungey every time, but he's got more wins than you because you packed it in and you got hurt a couple years. Do you even care about your number seven ranking? Well, if you go off of the stats of race wins per gate drops, that's actually my father-in-law was just talking about it, then um, that's what it is. Uh, that's that's where it comes in. I mean, if you just go off gate drops per wins, the time that I raced, you know, because I was hurt for two, yeah, two seasons of outdoors. Yep. Um, which you could probably say I would have won those. Um, but that's that's what you get. That's I mean, that, that's what the, the stats are. That's what they come up with. Wow. The numbers don't lie, right? Right. Um, but I guess what what we should what they should do is is the uh, is as a win percentage. Gate win for uh, gates dropped, and what was the win percentage off of that? So sounds think, like sounds like you do care a little bit about your ranking. No, 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 no. It's a different ranking. It's different right. gates dropped per you know because if, if I was on the track, it was like it was a fifty percent chance I was going to win. And I think for a while there it was fifty one percent. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I think um, yeah, I think it was something like that. I, I remember doing that or, or looking at that number. Is one of the highest? <laughs> uh, probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, it's, one of, it's one of the highest because, like, you, you, if you were to do it when James was like on top, James would probably have the highest the highest win percentage. But the longer his career went, on, yeah, yeah, he lost some of his numbers for won, sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah, those, those, you know, it was like the, you know, it, the, the, it took a swing um, along with Chad. You know, the longer he's out there, the yeah. less he wins. The, so, the worse those stats look. So, are you angry about your number seven ranking? Uh, no, I don't get no bonus off being first on that stat or not. So <laughs> right, right, right. I want you to know that Jason Thomas is very angry that Dunge is ahead of you. I just want that for the record. And what was Dunge? Four. Four? So, what? It was uh, Ricky. Ricky, Hannah, RJ, Dunge, Wardy, 
James, and you. Yeah, I mean. So just. Yeah, whatever. Really, I think you got to do. I think you have to do it in, in blocks too, and in, in eras. You know. You yeah, it's tough. Yep. You, you can't go off fucking thirty years. You got to go off at like I think a ten-year increment. And yeah. Then, you know. And yeah. if you happen to fall in those ten years, then then okay. And if you fall into maybe two years of those, then okay. But um, you're you're from Hannah. You're pulling some pretty pretty wide numbers out there. You know. Like yeah. When things were weighted, when when things were a lot different. No, you're right. It is. It's tough for all of us idiots in the media to do that. You know, to to look at that. So. Um, but yeah, so you're number seven all time. Hey, um, what's up with hey, the I'm Stu's number? Yeah, you're number, number seven. You are Stu's number, yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you think of Hangtown results other than that? The pro class, anything catch your eye or business as usual with Osborne and Tomac winning? Um, I think the lights got out we're gonna have some pretty good racing. I think Jeremy was. For round one was was pretty you know did decent was pretty close uh-huh. it wasn't like he just got crushed no um, so I think that's gonna that has some positives some upside to it for for some good racing um, Eli seemed to have everybody's number this last weekend yep uh, even with the, the few of the mistakes that he had uh, I know Marvin jumped off the track I think what first moto yeah uh, but. Well, see, Anderson is the question mark. You know, like I think he's—he um, probably shows the most potential to, to get it up there, but didn't. You know, so we'll, we'll see what happens in the next in the next couple rounds. Yeah. So for that, but I, I wouldn't say it was like crazy. You know, with, right? Shit, we have nine factory bikes that aren't on the track. Yeah, it's a little—it's a little uh, uh, thin right now. You know, nine or nine—I think we were talking nine or ten factory bikes that are not on the track. Um, I think, you know, so I, think um, I think they I saw eleven out of the top twenty from last year aren't racing. No, really. Yeah, eleven guys in the top twenty from last year are not racing. So it's a little from thin. injuries. Yeah, whatever injuries or Brayton and Reed don't don't do outdoors or whatever. You know. Okay. Um. So that would be so. So, so there's nine because if they don't do outdoors, then yeah. those two don't do. So there's nine. So yeah, yeah I, was, I was pretty close to, to pretty close to the right number. Well, good job. Um, what? Hey, so what? Uh, what's up with the tag stuff? Uh, I've saw you. Uh, you're running. Yamaha runs a different brand. They run Vortex Sprockets and Renthal Bars, but you're running tag. Uh, Eddie Cole, friend of ours, uh, is bringing this, this stuff back. How do you like it? No, it's it's really good. I tag, as everybody is, you know, knows that it was it was a pretty big brand. Um, what about five six? Six yeah. years ago, seven years ago. Yeah. When did they actually go away? I don't know when they went away, but in 02, 03, 04, it was huge. Huge. Yeah, it was a big brand. I actually ran their grips, um, I think, on rental bars on an 80. For okay. For reason. All right. I, I think I like the com- you know, compound of it. Um, uh, no, so I, yeah, Tag was a pretty big brand. It went away, and, and then uh, it popped back up. And, you know, Eddie, Eddie Coles, which, yeah, we all which I've known for a very long time and it worked with him with multiple brands that he yeah. had and uh, called me and said, Hey, you know, we have, uh, we have tag. And I was like, okay. Right. And he's like, what do you, what do you think about, you know, running them? And I'm like, Hey, it, you know, I think it's, I think it's great. You know, as long as they're up to snuff, up to par, I trust the bars and, and, and you know, the sprockets and things like that. I have no problem running it. And uh, I said, I, I told him the story. I said, I used to run the grips. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I had a long uh, relationship with Renthal, pretty much for forever. Um, so I put the email in and said, "Hey guys, this is this is the scenario. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, hope you guys will have me back if I ever need to come back." And they were and they were they were rad about it. And I said, "Yep, no problem." And, uh, and now we're running tag. And uh, what what bar band are you running? What do you like? Um. I don't even know the bed. I just told Eddie. I said, in a rental, I run a nine nine eight. Okay, yeah. Whatever the equivalent bed is. Too. Yeah. And this is this was early on, right? When he said we have yep. we're just getting our shipments in. I said, what do you? He goes, what bar do you run? I said, well, I don't, I don't know, and I don't know the names in the tag bars, but in a rental, I run a nine nine eight. Yeah. 
Um, do you like the cross? You like the crossbar bar, right? I've always ran the crossbar. I tried running one year. I tried running a non-crossbar. Yep. Um, at, at Anaheim, and it was didn't go very well for me. <laughs> yeah, I I don't. I kind of crashed in a couple of times, and then I switched bars, and I came out and won. So you, so that was it, you right? Could, you, yeah, you could just say it's the bar's fault. <laughs> yeah, well, riders are pretty superstitious. So, uh, ta- not me. <laughs> and, of course, uh, another company that you've been involved with for a long time is Atlas, and everything's going well with those guys? Yep. Um, you know, it seems like there's a trend in the, in the fad. You know, people wear neck braces, don't wear neck braces. I'm probably the one of the longest ones to wear, to still be wearing the neck brace. I still choose to wear it because I believe in it uh, right now I think it's, I do think it's a, a benefit to have it on I don't think that it can hurt you yeah um, you know so that's why that's why I still wear it um, yeah they don't they don't really interfere like they used to especially not the Atlas one you don't notice it on your on your body you know no and, and the one you know like for a longest time it's one of those things you gotta put on meaning you have to you just open it up or you know somehow you know, not over your head where where the atlas is really rad because I can you can just slide it on over your head. Yeah. Um, like kind of put your shirt on. It's just it's easy. Right. Um, so what's next for you? What are you racing next? Where are you going? What's the plan? Um, not sure yet. Obviously, okay. um, Loretta's is coming up, so I'll probably be out there for a couple days. Uh, if, if things kind of work out, plan out right. And, I'd like to maybe try to do the, the 125 race at Washougal. Okay, yeah, that's like July, though. That's August. That's a long way away. Yeah, no, I'm just, you asked me what's next. I'm trying to, I'm trying to <laughs> sorry. Pull, pull a, I'm trying to pull a rabbit out of my hat, all right? Okay. I don't have my calendar sitting in front of uh, me. Sorry, sorry, I apologize. I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. It's it's nice to just so be I'm, retired. That's, nothing major, not, nothing major. Yeah. You know, Awesome obligations here or there, but no real travel dates. Right, right. As far as, I, as far as I know right now. Well, we'll get you up here for the Pulp Show one Monday night. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, hey, thank you for the time. Congrats on the second place in the 25 race. It's good to see you back racing. I think people enjoyed seeing you there. You're always fun with everybody in the pits. Everybody... You know, you're very uh, open with your opinions. People seem to enjoy that part of it. So, <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, what? Do you want me to doctor it up? Or no, no. You, you be you, man. <laughs> it's great. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. 
until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. You know, and I know from personal experience. Did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.